Welcome to podcast number 134 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing our series on miracles. We've talked about seed faith miracles and why God does miracles, how to prepare to pray for miracles. In order to receive a miracle, we simply have to make a decision that that's what God desires for us, and we go for it with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, and believe that God is in the miracle business. Before we get into our new podcast this week entitled, The Gifts of Miracles, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's intervention. Father, once again, we are blessed to be able to speak to those Father, throughout the world, who are listening in to these podcasts on miracles, I pray your blessing would be upon it, and I invite the Holy Spirit to come in now and take charge and take control. I yield to you. I submit to you. We ask that you would guide this teaching, this lesson, if you will, on miracles. And I believe, Lord, you're going to do something very special today. We're going to get into an area on the gifts of miracles. And Lord, a lot of people, I think, don't understand that there are multiple gifts of miracles, and that's what your plan is for our life. So help us to go into it today. And throughout this teaching, we pray that you will be glorified, that your name will be lifted up, that you would receive the glory and the honor for any miracle that takes place. We give you praise for it now and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This series on miracles is going to take a little bit of a different twist in that we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and refer to them as the gifts of miracles. Because you see, anytime the Holy Spirit provides a gift for us, and blesses us with a gift, regardless of what it might be, whether it be healing, or whether it be for miracles, or whether tongues and interpretation, and all those various things we'll be talking about, they are miracles from God, because they cannot take place according to science definition. They can only take place by a divine movement of God the Father. So with that, we're going to get into this today, and I believe that you'll be blessed by it. So let's get started. In this series now on miracles, we should go back to the teachings of the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Now, Paul went to the church in Corinth to help them turn from their lives of corruption and lusts and sins. The people of Corinth actually boasted of their sins. They were proud of it. They bragged about the sins in their life, and they were happy about them. And whatever they were committing, they felt like it was just fine, and everyone should respect them for it, and it was just something to glorify the flesh of man. You know, it's kind of like today. Today, we see a movement taking place around the world where people are boasting of things that the Bible refers to as sin, issues in their life that God will not bless, and things that they need to remove their life in order to receive the blessings of the Lord. So, things haven't changed a whole lot when it comes to people being proud of their sins. But you cannot be a person who is proud of sin and receive a blessing from the Lord and receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, these people in Corinth, they lived in the flesh because they did not understand that the help and the influence of the Holy Spirit could get them to live a pure life, a clean life before God. Now, Paul had to start from the beginning, and he had to explain some of the basic principles of Christianity. He had to tell them that when they repented of their sins, they would become a new creation, that all things would become new in their lives. Now, soon after the teaching and after they received the teaching as the people of Corinth, we started to see them understand what it meant to become a Christian. And they decided to live and walk under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's when these new Christians knew there was more to their relationship to the Holy Spirit than what they were living. They knew that when they became Christians, the Holy Spirit came to dwell inside of them. And the Holy Spirit would convict them of sin and help them to rise above that. So, Paul wrote in 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, instructions on the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get into that now, read a couple verses, and talk about a little bit as to how Paul was instructing them, these new Christians that now had a new idea, a new thought that there was more to Christianity than what they had experienced. And I hope that helps some of you because there's a lot of people today, I believe, all over the world who become Christians. They accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They go to church. They read the Bible, but they don't grow spiritually. There's no increase in their walk with God. There's no increase in their desire to seek the things of God and the gifts of the Spirit in their life. And they just don't seem to care about those things. I know I have friends that are great people. They really are. They've given their life to Christ and they're good people, but they just don't really feel there's a need to grow any further than just being sure that they're saved and they're going to go to heaven. Well, there's a whole lot more to this Christian walk than just simply simply being saved. Of course, being saved is the most important thing that can take place in our life, that is to become a follower of Jesus Christ. But there's so much more that we can live here on earth. So let me get into Paul's teaching to the church in Corinth. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Paul is talking to the believers in Corinth now about spiritual gifts, and he says in chapter 12 and verse 1, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You see, Paul is telling them and getting them to understand that it's so important they understand what the gifts are and how the gifts should operate. And we'll get into that as we go through this today and this podcast and future podcasts coming up. Paul goes on to say, I don't want you to misunderstand. You know that when you were still pagans, which means unsaved people, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. He says, so I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So Paul is laying, I guess, the ground foundation, if you will. He's getting to understand that there's a lot of things that you don't understand, and I want to help you to understand those things. But remember, you've got to get that stuff out of your life in order to allow the Holy Spirit to work with you and move through you and see those miracle gifts come into your life. So now he goes on in verse 4, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4, and this is what Paul says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is is the source of them all. It says here in verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So here he is, he's laying out the foundation to get people to understand that God has a plan for Christians. Once we commit a life to Christ, that's awesome. That's the best thing that can happen to us. But then while we're living here on earth, God wants us to live an overcoming life, a powerful life, what I call a quality Christian life. That's the name of this podcast, Quality Christian living because God wants us to live the abundant life, a life filled with the joy of the Lord, with abundance and God's prosperity and all the things that he wants to bring into our life. So Paul is telling them you can have these things if you walk in the Spirit. So then Paul goes on in verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read about three or four verses here. It's very important to understand this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. All right, he's laying the premise of one of the reasons for spiritual gifts. Now, of course, we know that a spiritual gift is a miracle because there's no way science can define it. It has to be a divine intervention from God to be a spiritual gift. So a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So we get these gifts to be a blessing to the church and to other Christians and other believers and also to ourselves. And then in verse 8, Paul says this, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise 
advice, all right, that's another spiritual gift, to another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Verse 9, the same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Once again, another miracle gift. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles. Here we go. And another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, that's going to be the premise right there of several weeks of teaching on these podcasts because I believe there's so much we need to learn. Remember in the early part of this, I've talked about how God wanted to be sure that the people of Corinth were being blessed, so he sent Paul there. Paul, when he got there, realized these people were very carnal, very worldly, and indulging in all kinds of sin, and he had to first tell them they need to turn from that. Then they became desirous of greater gifts. Then he basically warned them and said, you know, there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. And so he's teaching them now, and that's what needs to be done. There's so much to be taught when it comes to the miracle gifts God gives out through the Holy Spirit. Now, as we go through these scriptures and they guide us through the upcoming podcasts on the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that you got to stay with me on this whole procedure because there's so much misunderstood about the gifts of the Spirit and understanding what miracles really are. So with that, I hope that you'll stay with me through this entire series of podcasts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are all miracles from God. Remember that. That's why it fits so well into this teaching on miracles. Now, this podcast is laying down a foundation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he was saying that Christians should not be ignorant of the miracle gifts from God. Paul wanted Christians to live an overcoming life. And once again, you can call that overcoming life a quality Christian life. Hence the title of this podcast. The Lord wants all of us to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but to operate under the guidance of his word and the teachings that Paul gave us. Sadly, there's so much confusion about the miracle working gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's move on as we go deeper into understanding the miracles of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, when I became a Christian, I wanted everything that God had for me. So I went to the Word of God. I picked it up. I hadn't read much of it prior to becoming a Christian, but I thought, you know, I'm going to do my best to read this and understand it. So I remember reading through the entire Bible at least a couple of times. I mean, completely. Now, I enjoyed and understood some of it and was a little confused about the rest of it, but I decided that I wanted to understand as much of the Word of God as possible. Now, therefore, my wife and I needed to attend a Spirit-led congregation. We were going to a church, and it was a good church in a lot of ways, but they didn't teach on the gifts of the Spirit. They didn't believe that they should operate in the church, and they kind of had a little problem with that. So I kind of felt there was the Holy Spirit leading us to go to a different congregation to where they were what I what we call Spirit-led. Now, a friend of my wife invited us to her church and told us that the Holy Spirit was working there. So we thought, well, what does that mean? We need to try and understand it. Now, we knew that there were things 
things that we called, we called them things then because we didn't know any better, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and all those various things. We didn't know much about them. We just knew that they were mentioned in the Bible, so there had to be something there. So we went to the, see what a Spirit-led church looked like. Now, let me give you the good and the bad on our experience because it really was quite an experience and it had a lot of difficulty in it, but it also had a lot of lessons to teach us. Let me quickly tell you of our experience as we went into this new Pentecostal church that we had never been before. We went in the door and the service seemed kind of normal. As other services, we've been in a lot of worship, a lot of singing, a lot of praising, and that was awesome. Then the pastor got up and he started preaching. And in the middle of his preaching, people started speaking out in languages that I'd never heard about. I didn't know what was going on. And they would yell something out and I didn't understand it. And the pastor would then calm the rest of the church down and say, let's listen. And then he would, as he called it, interpret the message. I found out later it was tongues and interpretation. And then as he was preaching some more, then another person might speak out and give another message in another language. And there was a lady behind me the whole time we were there and she was screaming and yelling all kinds of things that were in different languages that I didn't understand, didn't know what she was saying. And she was shaking and vibrating and it just got a little little crazy at times. Of course, we were new to this now. And so a little bit later on, I looked in the back and there was a guy that got up on a chair and he was jumping up down on a chair. It was a metal chair. And he just literally polarized it. He beat it into the ground. I mean, he absolutely destroyed this metal chair. Now, I was a little skeptic of what I saw happening there because I thought, well, there's something good here. I can sense it. But there's also something here that seems kind of being led by the flesh of man and not by the spirit. When the service was over, I walked up to the man that destroyed the chair and I said, why did you do that? And he said, oh, the Spirit of God led me to do it. Well, I don't believe the Spirit of God wants us to jump uh, jump up and down on furniture and destroy it. So anyways, I said, well, who's going to pay for that chair? He said, oh, don't worry about it, brother. It's taken care of. Well, anyways, with all this going on, I was confused. And then to add to that, a person came up to, to us with a microphone, and then a guy started giving us a message of tongues, and then another one started speaking the interpretation, and then another one started prophesying over our life, and his prophecy said that our marriage was bad, but it's going to be healed, that our finances were terrible, but they were going to get better, and that God's going to do a new work in us, and basically he's going to pull us out of this destruction we were in into a new life of hope and joy. Well, quite frankly, we were very happy. Our finances were great. Our marriage was outstanding. Our relationship with God was just growing leaps and bounds and really, really didn't have any problems that we knew of. So I didn't agree with that. And then after they did that, they recorded it and then tried to sell me a tape. So, you know, that prophecy, that message. And so with all that going on, my wife and I left the church confused, to say the least. So as we got in the car and we were driving away and we had our two children in the back seat, they went to a children's church where they didn't have that activity. And we were just looking at each other. And my wife and I, we were kind of like, what do we say? What do we do? But you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and to her and told us that there really was something that was good there. But there were some people there who were in the flesh and operating with all the kinds of emotion and that it was out of control and they didn't have good teaching. So as we drove home, I said, you know, I don't understand everything that went on, but I do know that through all of that stuff that was going on, the chair getting wrecked and the prophesying and all those things that were out of control and out of order, there's something there that's real and I'd like to find out what it is. So we just kept going back to that church for a number of months in order to see if we could learn about the gifts of the Spirit. The church continued to have services just like that. They would go for four hours long. Then you'd have a three or four hour break to go home and then come back in the evening on Sunday and do another three or four hours. So it seemed a little bit over the top for us. And then we ran into another person who 
was a Christian and went to a different type of spirit-filled church. And so we went to their church and everything changed. It was a wonderful Pentecostal church led by a wonderful evangelistic pastor and he would explain things. And when there would be a move of God or there'd be a message of tongues and interpretation, he would explain to the church what was taking place. And if it was out of order, he would then tell that person that it was out of order and it shouldn't come forth at this time. So we had a couple of years of wonderful teaching that helped us to understand how the Spirit of God works, how the Holy Spirit should operate in the church. And I'm just thankful for that because we learned the kind of extreme emotional side that was out of control and not really even, it wasn't even operating according to what Paul taught in the Word of God about the gifts of the Spirit and how they should operate. And yet the Holy Spirit kept us close to Him and we got with good teachers and a wonderful lady Bible teacher. We went to Bible classes every Sunday, then church after that, then church at night. And then we go to church on Wednesday nights and we go to soul winning on Saturday. So it was a full life filled with the church and my wife and I were going spiritually and it was really a great opportunity to grow closer to the Lord. So if you've got a church that you're not sure of, then you, I'm going to be giving you some tips and ideas on how to select the right church when it comes to seeking out the gifts of the Spirit and understanding how they're supposed to operate in the church. So now as you can see, there's a lot of confusion sometimes and inaccuracies in teaching in some churches. You see, today there are churches that operate like operate like the one that we visited where things seem to be pretty much out of control and there are churches that they don't even want to talk about the miracle gifts of the Spirit. They don't want to talk about tongues interpretation, and I think that's wrong. And then there's something in between, which was the church that we found, thank the Lord, that had a balance, that had an understanding. They taught what Paul taught. They they allowed the Holy Spirit to help them operate properly according to the instructions we read about in the Word of God. So with that, I encourage you to find a church that will bless you. And if you've got a good church, then invite others to come to be a part of that. So let me ask you a question. How do we know where to go to church and where we should avoid? How do we go about selecting a church when we want to be led of the Spirit and be taught by the man of God or the woman that's preaching, whoever it might be, about the gifts of the Spirit? So if you have questions about where to go to church and how the gift should operate in your life, I would suggest that you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and read what Paul has to say and just continue to read in the book of 1 Corinthians, and you'll get a better understanding of it. Then you should meet with the pastor of a church you're thinking about going to and ask them how they believe and how they teach on what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Corinthians. You'll get a better understanding then. You'll be able to know that you're in the right spot. That was our mistake the first time we went to a Pentecostal church was that we went into one and didn't meet with the pastor to get him to show us in the Word of God where it says they should operate the way they were doing it. So I'm not putting down that other church, the Pentecostal church, I wouldn't do that. I would never say the name of anybody, but I can tell you that it caused confusion. However, we were seeking God so strongly that we knew the Spirit of God was in there somehow, some way, and He led us to a church that gave us the instructions that we needed. Now, let me get back to laying the foundation and understanding of what what I'm calling the miracle gifts of the Spirit. I can't tell you in words how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I just can't tell you. It's so crucial. Now, you get filled with the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that's where the Spirit of God comes to dwell inside of you. But there's another step with the Holy Spirit, and that is to submit to the Holy Spirit to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that's where you receive some of these gifts will take part, and I'll be going through all of those over the next number 
of podcasts with all of the spiritual battles that we take place with, around, and in in our life today. We need to understand what it is to be able to live a spirit-filled life. So let me give you a little scripture that'll help you understand that because there's a lot of stuff going on today throughout the world, in churches and out of churches, and a lot of battling going on between the political offices that are in our country. A lot of confusion. We need guidance and direction. So with that, I found a couple of scriptures I think that should be read at this time to give us directions on how we deal with the circumstances we face each and every day and how we can be led by the Spirit of the living God. You see, in order to deal with the spiritual battles taking place, we need to read the warning that we find in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12 that I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And here's what it has to say. Paul wrote these words to the church in Ephesus. Once again, he's explaining properly how the Spirit operates and how we should deal with these challenges. So in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 it says here, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And then it goes on to talk about the whole armor of God, what we should put on, and that's for another teaching because I don't really have time to squeeze that in right now and you don't squeeze that topic in. It needs a podcast all on its own. So with that, we've got to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are not battling men and women, people. We're not having spiritual warfare with individuals. Now that person might have a spiritual problem, but you're dealing with the spirit that's in that person and not the person themselves. You see, it's important we understand that because it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood enemies, which means you're not wrestling with a pastor who disagrees with you. You're, you're wrestling with the spiritual issue that's between you and him when it comes to understanding the gifts of the spirit. So we've got to take that under control to understand with this world we live in and all the challenges that we face. We've got to deal with these things spiritually. Therefore, as I said earlier, can't stress enough how important it is to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit in our lives and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to be able to pray in other languages as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance, to be able to interpret the messages that come from people to understand what's being said. Also to understand how the gifts of the Spirit work with healings and miracles and things that we deal with on a daily basis. There's another passage of scripture I think that applies so much at this time, and that is to understand how we should live and how Jesus wants us to live and how Paul is teaching us to live in the First Corinthians and in Galatians and Ephesians and all these places we'll be going to even further. And also, I want to talk about a scripture found in First John chapter 1, talking about how we need to, to live to understand how the Spirit should operate in us and that we're not living in darkness, we're living in light. And we are the light of this world. And so it's important we understand the instructions we see in the Word of God to help us to know how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. So let me read this to you in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, maybe 6 and 7. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in the spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Verse 7, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's instruction to tell us that we are to live in the light. We're not practice anything other than the light of Jesus Christ in our life. And we can do that if we're led of the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit reveals to us whether darkness is trying to come in. 
The Holy Spirit's the one that tells us whether we should maybe even watch a certain movie or not watch it, or whether we should talk to a certain person or not. The Holy Spirit will help us. It's a miracle, a gift of miracles, that when he gives us the gift of discerning of spirits, that when someone's speaking to us, we can identify whether they're speaking of God or whether they're speaking in the flesh. These are all things that we're going to get into and continue to talk about now for a number of sessions, because I'm very excited about this. I believe God has a special plan in store for us to be able to understand even better than we ever have before about the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, we will never experience the miracle gifts God has for his people and especially for us. I can't believe how fast this podcast has gone today. So let me do a quick review of what we've covered when the Apostle Paul gave instructions to the people of Corinth. He wanted to get them an understanding of what the body of Christ is made of, how the gift of the Spirit should operate, and how they need to move away from the sin that they had in their life. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, at the end, he kind of wraps some of these things up and gives an explanation of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. He says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. And he goes on and talks about the importance of this church body coming together. And each of us has a role to play and a part play. And I hope through this teaching, you'll understand better and clearer what your role is and what part you have to play in this series we're having on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then he closes up this teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31 where he says, So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And he says, But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Now he is going to go into another area and we'll get into that later. But I just want to kind of wrap this up by giving you a couple of comments that I think are so crucial. We need to understand in our walk with God that there's always more. There's more than what we have. Never think that you've arrived. I've got it all together now and I don't need anything else and now I understand everything. No, you'll never understand everything. None of us will. The apostles never understood everything. Jesus was the only one who understood everything. And so therefore, we've got a lot to learn and we're going to be getting into understanding the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they operate in the church and how you will be used by the Lord to operate in those gifts if you really desire it. Now, if you don't desire it, you don't want any part of it, then the Holy Spirit cannot do that work in you. But I believe we're all going to want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're all going to want to draw closer to God. And when when we do that, the Bible tells us that he will draw close to us. And we've got to understand that God wants to bless us. He wants to give us these gifts. He wants us to operate in miracles. He wants us to understand how to operate properly. So we're going to focus everything on the teachings in the Word of God, primarily what Paul has to say about the gifts of the Spirit. So stay with me on this, and I would encourage you to let your friends and family members know that there's a new series on the podcast entitled Quality Christian Living, and that series is now talking about miracles, specifically dealing with the miracles of the Holy Spirit, which are the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. When Paul closed out this teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 31, he said, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. He's talking to another series of gifts that are called the fruit of the Spirit. I won't get into that today. That's coming up shortly. So with that, I'm going to pray a blessing over you and pray that you'll be open to receive this teaching and call those friends of yours and let them know about this series on these podcasts. Father, once again, we have 
a great opportunity to get into your word and read it. And I pray that you would help us as we continue this teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I pray that you would anoint it and help me, Father, to express what I need to express to those who are listening in. And for those who maybe already operate in the gifts, thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they understand what I'm talking about. But there are many others who do not understand what it is to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They, they don't realize that there's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do a great work in their life. And I pray through this teaching today that you'll reach out to them and touch them and help those who do not understand how this should operate in their life. They'll receive a revelation from you that the Holy Spirit will speak to them and give them wisdom and guidance. I thank you for that in advance, and I thank you, Lord, for your blessing on this teaching today, and I give you praise and glory for it. Now, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I hope that you'll tune back in for our next podcast, number 135, where we're going to talk about walking in the miracle gifts of the Spirit. I'm excited about it. Matter of fact, I'd like to go into it right this second, but I can't because I need to spend time between for preparation and prayer between one podcast to the next and want to be led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. Now, if you'd like to get additional information on my teachings on faith and teachings on various subjects, on generosity and even on finance and things of that nature, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, you'll see a couple of links. You can link on to the books that I've written and that'll tell you and describe to you those teachings that I have. I hope they'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, there's a link there to to look up the podcast that I've done on cpnshows.com and you'll be able to discover the 134 lessons now that are available to you and I hope they'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, this series now is taking on a new direction. It's still all about miracles. We'll continue in that because I believe that we need to learn about miracles, but we need to give credit where credit is due when it comes to miracles. So let me remind you the definition the Lord gave me when it comes to defining what a miracle is. It's an event that is contrary to natural or scientific laws, something connected to divine activity. That's what miracles are. I know that God wants us to experience them in our life, and the fact that you're even tuning in to hear this, you, you got to remember to tell yourself that you are a miracle of God. You have been created in His image, and to be able to live on this earth and live a great quality Christian life, and that will include understanding how miracles can operate in your life. I believe that you can pray for the sick, and they will be healed. I believe you can pray for those who are in bondage, and they'll be set free. I believe that you can be anointed to be able to witness and share your faith with others and lead many people to Jesus Christ with a relationship to be able to call him Lord and Savior of their life. You are the hand of Jesus extended, and God has brought you to this podcast to understand that and to help you understand how to operate in miracles. So I want to thank you once again for tuning in to this podcast, and I want to encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other podcasts that we've talked on miracles. I believe they start at podcast number 118, and the most recent one was this one at 134. We'll continue on this series. Our next podcast, just to remind you again, is going to be entitled, Walk in the Miracle Gifts of the Spirit. It's one thing to read about it. It's one thing to study it. It's one thing then to even read in the Word of God what it has to say, but it's a whole nother thing to be able to walk in the miracle-working power of God and to walk in the miracles of the Holy Spirit. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. 
May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you and bring forth the miracle you need in your life.